This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Paul Stone. It's our Thanksgiving edition of Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. First of all, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, Paul. Thank you. Same to you guys. And hope uh, those of us who are traveling and uh, to see family and friends uh, be safe and uh, watch a lot of football and eat a lot of good food. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, you've got a, a Thanksgiving night uh, college football pick for us. It's the Egg Bowl. And, man, all kinds of things are going on in uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Mississippi State, um, Ole Miss is a one-and-a-half-point favorite against Mississippi State. We talked a lot about this in the um, in the conference previews and how Ole Miss, this, this schedule was so backloaded. They should be 7-0 and going into Baton Rouge. They were. We liked them. So one to, uh, five chances to win one, and they got that one and got it secure. But, boy, I thought, again, at Vaught Hemingway, Paul, they lost twice that day against Alabama because they were carried over and they were dead early and Arkansas destroyed them in the first half, took the, uh, took the foot off the gas uh, in the uh, late in the third quarter. But Ole Miss is, you know, they, they were closed, the Kiffin stuff, there's distractions there. Now there's rumors maybe Mike Leach might step down uh, after this game. A lot of it. One thing I know for sure these fans and these teams hate each other, <laughs> and I, I can promise you that. So Mississippi State is catching one and a half on the road at Vaught-Hemingway. Yeah, th- this game, I think it opened uh, Ole Miss minus five at Circa on Sunday. I think that's correct. So certainly there's been uh, money come in on the Bulldogs. And as you indicated, you know, people in, in different parts of the country who might not be as familiar as you and I are with the Southeastern Conference, this rivalry, the hate, and the venom between these teams is maybe underrated in those not familiar with it. It's one of the more uh, intense rivalries. There's few that, that, that matches the uh, Egg Bowl, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. You look at this Ole Miss team, their season thus far, they ascend to a seven in, number seven in the uh, both the AP and the coaches poll uh, after starting out, as you mentioned, seven and oh. Uh, but it's kind of been a free fall for the Rebels ever since. They've lost three of their last four. Uh, they lost those games to LSU, Alabama, and Arkansas. The only victory in that four-game span, a 31-28 victory at Texas A&M. Uh, and that's an Aggie team, I think, that has inarguably been college football's biggest disappointment this year. Aggies have struggled uh, mightily on offense. That game, however, 480 total yards against the Rebels in that narrow defeat. Uh, Lane Kiffin yesterday apparently met with uh, his team. 
uh, advised them of the uh, interest, apparently, that Auburn has shown in him for the head coaching job, uh, announced his commitment to the team. And even if that is indeed uh, the truth, and we have to take it uh, as it is, that it is the truth, it's been a distraction. And I think this is an Ole Miss team uh, that that started out uh, on such a high trajectory with such high hopes, and they're kind of reeling right now. You look at this Mississippi State team, last year lost this game uh, by 10 points at home as a two-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, according to Phil Stills' um, final closing betting numbers. The visitor uh, in this series has covered seven straight, 80% chance of rain tomorrow night in Oxford. Looks like there's going to be rain. Mississippi State, they do pass the ball 70% of their offensive plays. But as you know, many of their offensive, uh, their passes on offense, um, more like a long sweep toss, uh, for lack of a better description. So I don't know that it'll impact it uh, as much as one might think. I like Mississippi State to win this game outright over Ole Miss in Oxford Thanksgiving night. I, th- I think the best way to describe it is called a controlled passing game because it's high percent, uh, completion percentage, it's, it's short yardage throws, and their, their time of possession is very high for a team that throws the ball that much. I mean, we know what, what, how many times we talk about the military schools. They keep it on the ground, the clock's going, and the game shortens up. Well, the game kind of shortens up because Mississippi State, I mean, it's their completion percentage. And like you saw, it's almost these extended handoffs. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, lots going on with Mississippi. You know, on my radio show, Paul, when Mike Leach, Lane Kiffin, and Deion Sanders took jobs in the state of Mississippi, we all had debates on who would be the first out and who would be the last one uh, left. So all three are still there, but all three have, you know, kind of uh, some some rumors or, you know, uh, well, you know question marks of uh, just how long they will be there. So uh, we will see. And, yes, the hate. I've been on both of these campuses in Starkville and Oxford just several times for games. And even when they're not playing each other, they'll be tailgating. They'll have a sign next to them. In Oxford, go to Hell State, and in, in Mississippi State, go to Hell Ole Miss, even when they're not playing each other. So they do not like each other uh, in the Egg Bowl. All right, so Paul's got the Bulldogs plus one and a half on the road at Vaught-Hemingway. Another in-state rivalry, another game in the SEC. All of a sudden, Vanderbilt has won two conference games in a row. How about them flying over their win total of uh, two or two and a half? earlier in the season. In Tennessee, it all came crumbling down. The only little slippery slope they saw, road game. Road games in this conference can be tricky, but, uh, but uh, uh, I mean, help me out. The, uh, the, the, the quarterback for South Carolina, the um, uh, Rattler, Jeez, he has not been looking like – he hadn't looked like a five-star, but he looked like a ten-star on Saturday night. He was on fire to just never quit. So you wonder how Tennessee will respond. They lose that quarterback as well. Sad note there as Hendon Hooker. So they topple out of the playoff possibilities. How will this team respond against Vanderbilt? Tennessee's 14 at Nashville, even though they'll probably have more than half the stadium. Yeah, at most points of the season, Jimmy, in most types of contests, you know, I utilize what I call fundamental handicapping techniques. I compare a team's uh, rush offense, perhaps, to the uh, the opponent's rush defense and that sort of thing. Uh, but then there are other games, especially late season ones and bowl games, where I throw pretty much throw that out the window and, and more or less assess games more from a situational prism. 
you know, what's on the line for the teams? Did one of the teams recently see their top goal fall by the wayside? Uh, and entering its final two regular season games, Tennessee, you know, they had a clear path apparently to the four-team playoff. They needed to win a couple of road games at South Carolina and this week at Vanderbilt. Uh, last week, uh, you know, it fell apart at the seams for them in Columbia, South Carolina at williams Bryce Stadium. The Gamecocks boat raced the Volunteers 63-38. And as you mentioned, uh, Tennessee not only loses uh, its goal of reaching the four-team playoff, but they also lose their Heisman contending quarterback, Hendon Hooker, to a torn ACL. Uh, very unfortunate situation there to, to lose your quarterback, and hopefully that won't impact his future. Uh, and Joe Milton will be the starting quarterback for uh, for Tennessee, and he was actually the starter, uh, I believe, early last season. He I was, started yeah. their opener. And uh, so he's played a little football. You look at this Vanderbilt team off those back-to-back uh, victories over Kentucky and Florida, the Commodores can play a little offense. Um, you know, they need this victory, this third consecutive victory, to attain bowl eligibility, uh, bowl eligibility, if I can say it. You look at on the other side, again, it's just a Tennessee team, I think, that's hurting physically and emotionally. They've got to be suffering from a case of what I call the what might have beens. Everything points uh, situationally here to Vanderbilt. Obviously, Tennessee has more talented uh, personnel, but we're getting 14 points. Take the Commodores plus 14 in Nashville over Tennessee. I mean, South Carolina had 10 possessions, nine touchdowns and one punt. I mean, that is, I mean, uh, you know, that's, uh, that, that's tough. So 6.3 uh, points of pres- a possession, it doesn't get uh, much uh, better than that. No turnovers, 35 first downs, 606 uh, yards last week. So that was the big question mark. And until this point last week, they had, pro- they had overperformed maybe their expectation. We knew they could move the ball and score, uh, but – you know, could they slow down anybody? They were much improved from on defense last week, but it kind of reared back its ugly head of in their 2021 20, form. Their defense just unable to stop uh, South Carolina at all. Vanderbilt plus the 14 against Tennessee. Motivation, absolutely. Uh, you talk about it, uh, Paul. All right, the Apple Cup, and let's go to Pullman, Washington. And, boy, another one of these first-year coaches. Huh? How about the college football committee uh, poll? Five of the top 13 First year head coaches when uh, Lincoln Riley and um, and uh, and uh, Brian Kelly and Kayla DeBoer is one of those uh, coaches. Now Washington goes on the road with their nine and two record at Pullman, laying two points where they traditionally have uh, have really controlled this series. Yeah, I mean you're exactly right. In recent years, uh, the Apple Cup's pretty much been a one sided affair. Washington has won uh, ten of the last twelve meetings between these schools. Uh, the Huskies, though, did get steamrolled uh, by Washington State last year in Seattle, 40-13. to 13. So that outcome uh, probably still at least somewhat fresh on the Huskies' uh, minds. Also, Washington, uh, in these last 12 meetings, they've covered nine of those games. Washington this year, I mean, they have just gradually improved, in my opinion, over the course of the 2022 season. Uh, as you said, in Kalen DeBoer's first season there in Seattle, They've won their last five games, so they're on a five-game winning streak. That streak includes victories over Oregon State and Oregon, uh, the latter of which they won on the road is almost a two-touchdown underdog there. Their transfer quarterback, uh, Michael Penix Jr., uh, who's offensive coordinator at Indiana early in his career there in Bloomington, was none other than DeBoer. 
Uh, he's been largely responsible uh, in my mind for the Huskies uh, season and their recent run. Uh, he's thrown for 1,825 yards in this five-game winning streak, 365 yards per game, completed 69% of his throws during that span, a 10-2 to touchdown-to-interception ratio, so very efficient. Looking at Washington State's season to this point, uh, the Cougars did nudge Wisconsin 17-14 to in Madison in Week 2. Uh, that's kind of the most notable victory on their resume. In that game, though, Washington State only had 10 first downs, 253 yards. They also benefited from three Wisconsin turnovers. The Badgers also flagged 11 times for 103 yards. So a lot of things went Washington State's way in that narrow road victory. And on top of that, Wisconsin's not one of their better teams this year. They're 6-5, and five, I believe, entering their final regular season game. You look at the five other FBS teams defeated by Washington State this year, currently 16-39 and 39 combined, uh, so not exactly a who's who of college football royalty uh, are Washington State's uh, victims this year. You know, just looking at it, in a uh, nutshell, Washington's the better team. They continue to get better. They make uh, amends for last year's uh, significant defeat. They beat Washington State on the road by a field goal or more this weekend. And, and keep their uh, Pac-12 championship game uh, uh, you know, hopes alive because it's no given that Oregon will go to Corvallis as a three-point favorite mm-hmm. uh, and win that one. So they definitely still have a lot to play for. Uh, 40 points a game uh, is what they've averaged uh, this year, and this is where Penix really comes into. 367 yards passing a game. Uh, for Washington, that's third in the country, and also a really good uh, two uh, dual threat quarterback, uh, Penix, fifty five percent on third down percentage. So he is, yes, I mean, uh, one one thing all of the the first year coaches. Let's see, Brian Kelly has Jaden Daniels, uh, Lincoln Riley has um, Williams, uh, you know, DeBoer has Penix. They they all seem to have that uh, in common uh, with their uh, their first year success. So Washington minus two uh, at Pullman against Washington State. Vandy, red hot Vandy. We don't get to say that often. Plus fourteen against Tennessee, and then Mississippi State plus one and a half at Ole Miss. Paul, anything else? Uh, how you been watching any college hoops? I know you do a lot of college hoops as well. Anybody stick out to you? Well, I tell you, I hate to be uh, a Texan. I'm, I'm, I live in the eastern part of the state of Texas, but you know, looking at Jeff Sagren's rankings this morning, Houston, Baylor, and Texas all in the top four cool. uh, in his overall rankings. And I tell you, Texas is really, really good. They've got a lot of talent. Uh, the, the addition of Tyrese Hunter from Iowa State uh, is a significant one. Uh, it gives them more offensive players. That's where they've struggled the last few years. They've gone cold in games. But as good as the Longhorns are, I think Houston's even better. Uh, I think Houston is deservedly so on top of Sagan's rankings. Kelvin Sampson has something special there. And uh, if I was forced right now to pick one team to pick it all, I'd pick the Cougars. Yeah, they, uh, they're they really good. Kelvin Sampson's done an excellent job uh, at the University of Houston. There's no doubt about that. And, of course, Chris Beard, we know he can coach. And uh, Matt Humans, that was his shot uh, that – 
uh, you know, and uh, kind of uh, taking a shot at uh, Texas. Um, you know, if Chris Beard's got some talent, he's going to be very, very tough to beat. So, and a great, great, great one in the Maui Classic tonight with um, with Arizona uh, in Creighton. My buddies in Omaha tell me that Creighton is the best team they've may, maybe ever had. That was a good one against Arkansas last mm-hmm. night. All right, happy Thanksgiving, Paul. Be safe on the highways. Don't eat too much and pass out in the middle of the Egg Bowl. you got to watch that game for us. So, uh, as always, for Paul Stone, I'm Jimmy Yacht. Happy Thanksgiving, folks, here in the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.